In a world where James Franco is still considered a credible actor and Mike Busey can open a place called the Sausage Castle, one podcast will rise. One podcast will take a stand. Its hosts steadfast and strengthened by snark and snobbery. This podcast is Cinema Geekly. Podcast episode 181 brought to you by Adam Tickets, cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets, or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Although, you know what, maybe not right now, Glenn, because uh, not a lot of stuff is out in the theaters right now, but uh, uh, there might be a thing or two. Yeah, we got Glass. Yeah, Glass is going to be coming. I mean, that's the first movie that's on my to-watch list for this year. So, that'll be coming soon. Uh, but there's still some stuff in theaters. Aquaman, Bumblebee, if you haven't seen it. Spider-Verse is still in theaters. Highly recommend that. Mary Poppins Returns. Have not seen that, but I've heard fairly good things about it. Uh, before we talk... So, this is the first episode of 2019, and it's our best of, worst of show. And we have done this pretty much every year. For the last, God, I don't know, six years, seven years, I don't know. Almost as long as the website's been going, we've been doing these best of, worst of uh, lists. And uh, for the first time in forever, I think, Glenn, we both have a bottom ten. Yeah, I saw we saw a lot. And I think, I will say, uh, not to give too much away, having watched a lot of Netflix originals definitely helped the... <laughs> <laughs> Both of these lists get compiled. I was going to think that too, but only three of my ten are Netflix movies. So I was surprised that seven of them are were released films. Uh, yeah. Okay, so before we do that real quick, I want to talk about a couple of movies uh, that I saw. You saw one of them as well. And mainly because uh, these are not on either of our lists for worst <laughs> or best. Yeah. Um, so first I want to talk about Bumblebee. Which, um, to to tell you, by the way, how the the level of movies, uh, score-wise, that made it into my top ten, Bumblebee did not, and I gave it a four. Uh, okay. I was... I knew going in that everybody said that this was way better than the Michael Bay Transformers movies, and... I thought maybe, like, okay, just because, like, Michael Bay's not doing it, because there's no glamour shots of girls in tight shorts, and there's no slow-motion helicopters or American flags, you know, maybe that alone is enough, that this is better. But it's really not. It's just a good movie. Uh, are this... you saying American flags are bad? Yes, I am, Glenn. Uh, as, we know, <laughs> as we know from First Man, they need to be removed from our films. They're not important. Uh, yeah. Although, if you've seen First Man, you know there's like a hundred American flags in it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, 
this should have been the movie that's... If they're smart, they'll just keep making movies from here on out, either using this guy or people he approves of to continue telling the story and just pretend like those other ones don't exist. Because this is an excellent jumping-off point. Uh, it helps that the Transformers in this movie look like the 80s cartoons. Uh, like Soundwave sounds like Soundwave. He actually has a fucking cassette tape in his chest. Uh, that blew my mind that they even bothered to do stuff like that. Uh, those are little things that help, though. Um, they're not like... It wasn't the nostalgia button, even though this movie is full of, like, 80s nostalgia. Um, at the end of the day, they just kind of took the E.T. formula of, you know, a kid finds a beast or an alien or something, but it turns out to be really nice. Uh, they just took that formula, and then they just did it how it's supposed to be done. Um, Bumblebee is, a you know, a, a likable E.T.-type character and Haley Steinfeld's character is almost immediately likable uh, and you want to root for her and it's you know it's just one of those things where the characters are all well written the action is not jumbled you can tell what's happening uh, it just I don't, they just told a simple story and told it well there's not a lot to dig into with that movie but it's just a, an example of how a Transformers movie could have been in more capable hands. Like, let, you know, Michael Bay is very capable when it comes to spectacle, but less capable when it comes to just telling a story. And, uh, you know, that I always lied to myself, Glenn, and said that, you know, that first Transformers movie, that's fine. But if I'm really being honest with myself, Shia LaBeouf's character was really annoying in that movie too. Just less annoying compared to the previous or the, the movies that would follow it. Um, and of course, I, I guess I can't judge too harshly. I never saw like the last two Transformers movies. Um, so I don't really know how good or bad those are, but I'm just going to go ahead and trust that they're not good. Um, this was good. I'd recommend people, uh, watch it. How was John uh, Cena in it? Uh, Cena was good. I mean, he didn't honestly do a whole bunch. Um, most of his, the best part of his performance really happened sort of before, anything really occurred like Bumblebee is like escaping Cybertron and he sort of just crashes on earth and he's just so happens to be crashing during a, in the woods during a military training exercise where the guys are just using paintball guns instead of live rounds. Uh, and it causes all sorts of destruction and chaos and people are flipping out and they don't know what's going on. And John Cena sort of holds a grudge against Bumblebee basically until the end. Because the whole plot is that the Decepticons show up and convince the humans that Bumblebee is a traitor and a prisoner or a criminal and they're here to bring him back to Cybertron. So the the military is working with the Decepticons. Even though there is one point, a, a hilarious line is brought up by somebody who's like, their names are Decepticons. Like, why are we trusting them? Um... Outside of that, um, you know, it's, you know, the typical reversal. John Cena eventually kind of comes around uh, to not hating Bumblebee so much. He's not a bad guy. He's not really a bad guy in the movie. He just kinda thinks like that... Carl Urban and Peach Dragon. Yeah, he just thinks that... He just thinks that Bumblebee is the bad guy. And therefore, Cena becomes the bad guy because we know that Bumblebee isn't. Uh, but he comes around. It's a good movie. 
Uh, Aquaman is the other movie. You and I both saw that, and I'm curious as to what you thought about it. It was fine. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was better than fine. I thought. I mean, uh, I thought him and Amber Heard had like zero chemistry. Yeah, I would agree on that one. Uh, I thought, uh, like Tamura Morrison, the guy who plays his dad. Uh, yes, I thought his de aging was super weird looking. Yes, uh, it's like they tried to turn him into uh, Eric Estrada. <laughs> yes, like, that's what I was. Like, oh my god, I was like, he looks like somebody. Who does he look like? Thank you. That's, so what, much. that's what it looked like they were trying to do. Yeah, uh, I thought it was very pretty, spectacle wise. Yeah, it was cool, gorgeous cool. looking. Yeah, very beautiful uh, art design. Stuff were fine, but mm-hmm. it was just it was way too long. And okay, I will grant you that as well. Uh, to me, the length was to me the length the length was the only real problematic thing for me. Uh, you're right, though. The more I think about uh, the the chemistry between Jason Momoa and Amber Heard wasn't wasn't lighting up the screen. Yeah, that's for sure. But I, I, mean, I kind of wasn't. Me, the more interesting story was Orm trying to get everyone together. Yes, I mean, I that was the submarine thing was stupid. But like the, mm-hmm. I think like going to different nations. I think that would have been more interesting. And yeah. I wish they would have not put everything in this movie I wish that actually would have been split if they're going to do the whole like try and find stuff I, I just wish they would have done this as a do something with Black Manta later instead of I mean I'm fine with him being in it because it's not like I mean everyone's like oh he's got two villains but like I mm-hmm. mean I actually liked him a lot but mm-hmm. uh, you know like I don't know he wasn't to me it was like the same thing as when they had Klaus in Avengers Age of Ultron yeah, oh, we've got another super villain, but like, yeah, I mean, he's not the bad guy. Come on, right? That's right. that's kind of how it felt to me. Is he's definitely being set up for something later. I, I didn't really think much of it, or like kind of the frost giants and Loki story. Like, it just it was mm-hmm. there was really one bad guy. Come on, uh, yeah, and it was Orm. So like to Orm. me, I, I never that didn't really bother me having multiple villains because it. Is obvious that it was just like, yeah, okay, well, he's set up for later. We got to see his big dumb helmet, and it was glorious, and I enjoyed every second of it. But, mm-hmm. um, boy, did know, they really was... stick to the costumes? I got to give they them a lot did. of credit for that because, yeah, they went full Aquaman costume, they went full Ocean Master costume, went to the center of the universe. And I guess, yeah, I really like there. I really like this a lot because I don't know, I thought this didn't feel anything like a comic book movie traditionally anyway to me this felt more like a a fantasy adventure a la lord of the rings or something like that or like the odyssey yeah huge scope huge size uh a bunch of different locales um it just didn't have the typical comic book feeling and boy were they not afraid to just get silly with shit yeah I, i that was my thing i wish it was more silly and they didn't have a lot of the melodrama. Yeah. I mean, ah, uh, uh, but they did have, uh, I mean, obviously the big underwater They had battle. narwhals fucking murder. They had narwhals that killing people. Amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what, Glenn? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what your score is, but I'm telling you right now, the narwhals added at least one and a half points 
Oh yeah, no, I mean it was like so like the movie ended. I was super positive about it, mm -hmm. and my friend Rose like, oh, the editing and editing, and there's like a lot of like editing issues with the movie, and it's just because it's just too long. There's so many things you cut out of it, mm -hmm. but I was like, I don't care. Like, I my expectation for this movie was I want a big dumb fish fight. Yeah, and we mostly and got then, big dumb fish fights. Uh, there was, yeah, and they were cool looking. They were really cool looking, and I. I had, I mean, this probably also helped the score as well, because I had very low expectations yeah. for this. I was, um, more than anything, I was pretty sure, especially when this was when it was announced, before I even saw a trailer, I'm like, oh, this is going to be in my bottom five, for sure. But then I saw the trailer, and I'm like, you know what, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it'll be pretty good. It still didn't make my top ten, but I it was better than I was expecting by a lot, so... I was pretty happy with it. Uh, what what would you give this Aquaman movie? I don't know, man. I'd I'd rate it the same way I kind of would like a skyscraper, you know, kind of thing. Like oh yeah yeah yeah. Like it's uh yeah maybe maybe like a three and a half. Like there, there okay. is the problem is that it's so long. There were times that yeah, I just didn't care what was happening, and then it was just like oh cool big. I think cool, we're like spectacular looking fish fight. I think we're like reversed on the skyscraper. Because, like, your thoughts on Skyscraper and mine were, like, reversed. Uh, yeah. Like, I was often bored watching Skyscraper, but not Aquaman for some reason. Uh, we're actually not that far apart. I gave it a four as well. Uh, but again, yeah. narwhals just stabbing oh, people. Dude, as soon as, like, they flew in and stabbed those people I, like kebabs. I, I was could like... not believe it. It was like, and holy you, shit. And then the sharks turned around and ate their riders and... Uh. And, you, and then Mara riding a freaking killer whale. That was, I mean, there were, yeah. there were things that were just awesome yeah. and a big crab. And, and I like that Momoa's Aquaman is not a, a douche. It's like a mask. He's not like a, he's, you know, he's compensating. He doesn't want people to see how he really feels. So he, he's Burt Reynolds. Yeah. He's putting on a facade. Uh, ultimately, uh, I, I liked it quite a bit, but it didn't make my top ten. But we're not starting at the top ten, Glenn. We're starting at the bottom ten for 2018. Yeah. And I guess we'll kind of just switch. We'll go back and forth. Uh, do you want to start with your sure. number ten on the bottom ten? Yeah. yeah. I'll say some of these are kind of like the first ten. Uh, so, like, my first one was Solo. Not an awful movie. That was That's your number ten? Yeah. Okay. You know, not the worst, but it was just had a lot of issues with it, you know. But it was, like, mostly because it was so dark and there was just weird, like, continuity, uh, continuity errors in the movie that really bugged me. But it was yeah. fine. It was okay. My uh, my top ten starts with... By the way, every movie other than number ten is under a three. Normal, like, on a scale of five, two and a half is genuinely considered to be average. So I've got a couple of movies that are at average. Uh, but then after that, they dip down quite a bit from number seven onwards. So uh, my number 10 was the Netflix movie, Like Father, uh, that I believe oh, I man, gave I a three. That was the one I forgot. I mean, I didn't, I probably, yeah, I forgot about that one. That may have made the list. Uh, it was fine. I gave it a three, but it was, you know, just there. Yeah. Just a movie. Uh, okay, what, what's your number nine? The Meg. Ooh, the Meg. The Meg did not make my list. 
I think I may have liked it slightly more than you, but... Uh, so the Meg for you is at number nine. For me, another Netflix original. <laughs> Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter, which I gave two and three quarters. Yeah. Um, again, it, it was actually fine. It, it was... It wasn't particularly good, but it wasn't bad either. It was pretty much kind of just there. Uh, number eight, Glenn. Skyscraper. Oh, the movie you like so much. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good... I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> it's not a good movie, but... I, I recall really, you giving it a fairly good score, but... I did, but it's, you know... It, it was, was on the grading the, curve. The biggest asterisk put next to it. Yes. Um... My number eight is Hereditary. I can already hear people shuddering now. Uh, I mean, I don't even think it has a good... I mean, we know the audience scores are flawed, but I don't think people in general particularly liked it. It was just a critical... Oh, it may have, criti- critics may have loved it. Uh, I gave it two and a half. Uh, I think there's one particular podcast where I reviewed it, if you want to go listen to it. I talk about in detail as to why I didn't really like the movie that much. And then I believe, Glenn, you uncovered some possibilities that made the movie even worse feeling to me, actually. (laughs) Um, But, yes. I went into this thinking this was going to be one of those really well-constructed horror movies that uh, really made me go, wow, maybe I should think about watching more horror movies. But, in the end, uh, not so much. Uh, Number seven, Glenn, for you. Extinction. Uh, What was Extinction? Oh, the Netflix uh... movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one better than you did as well, I think. That's yeah, why I didn't yeah, make my did. list. Uh, you know what? I'm going to counter your number seven Netflix movie with my own number seven Netflix movie, <laughs> Mute. Uh, oh, okay, okay. The, the Mute Amishman uh, gave that one two and a quarter. I actually don't remember enough about it right now to be able to tell you why it is where it is. Yeah. Uh, I just remember being completely underwhelmed by it. I think yeah. uh, there was at least some excitement because we like the director, but uh, this 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 was not it. Uh, mm. Number six for you, sir. Rampage. Ah, ramp. So anything in particular about Rampage? I mean, it was just really stupid, big and dumb. <laughs> it was not good. I had a lot to choose from. I wasn't sure. I had a lot of movies that were rated three uh, yeah. to pick from, including Rampage, but I went with Like Father for my number 10. But it could have been Rampage, but I was sitting here thinking, like, I've got Rampage and Like Father sitting here. And I'm like, Like Father is just, you know, it's fine and lovely and sweet in some cases, but it's just so. Yeah, like you said, it's a Hallmark. Yeah, it's a Hallmark movie. And Rampage has a gigantic gorilla flipping off the rock. And I'm like, okay, like father goes on the list. I can't, I can't put you on the list, Rampage. Um, number six for me is The Predator, uh, which I gave a lowly two. Two geeky glasses, too. Uh, it was, uh, it had its charms. Uh, but largely, if I remember correctly, I believe I said it was full of uh, just a ton of unlikable characters. Uh, which doesn't make for a good movie-going experience. Uh, especially since not all of them die, uh, which is usually what you want out of a movie full of unlikable characters. Uh, number five, Glenn. Fantastic. Whoa, the crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. Um, did I ever get... Oh, yeah, I did get your feelings on this. I believe you got a we chance to review it. it. Um, 
I watched, I actually watched it since then, and I'm pretty sure I liked it more than you did, but, um, just barely, because it... Uh, it's just so long. I mean, it, it is very is, long. There, I just, I don't get it. And so I much of the movie is spent not doing anything. <laughs> yes. Um, number five is where Skyscraper landed for me. Uh, which okay. I also gave a two. Uh, everything after Skyscraper is below two. Uh, it's hard to imagine I had a worse time, but uh, Skyscraper was just boring. Everything past this was worse than boring for me. Uh, so what's your number four? Hold the Dark. Okay, so I haven't seen this, so tell me tell me a bit about it. Well, it's a Netflix original movie. Okay, something we have not uh, yet picked for our It's got show. Jeffrey Wright in it. Okay. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Riley Keough. It's not and, a bad cast. Um, and the, the main guy from Spectral. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, James Dale Badge. Badgley or something like that. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, so it's about, uh, it takes place in Alaska, and like the dead of winter, and this can't really talk about it without just completely spoiling it but like Jeffrey Wright wrote a book about killing a wolf that killed his kid when he mm-hmm. was a younger man Yes, and this lady Riley Keough calls him uh, to, to have him kill a wolf that killed her son mm-hmm. so he goes up there and he's going to kill this wolf and the things happen and Alexander Skarsgård's like the dad and Anyways, he comes back to town. He wants bloody vengeance on human beings. Ah. And he thinks a spirit animal is a wolf. It's a weird movie. It, I don't really get it. Sounds um, very weird. Yeah, it's 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 kind of stupid. So, um, okay, number. F- I have a friend who absolutely loves it. Sorry, but no one <laughs> when we watched that movie, like when she left. Her- uh, okay, so number four for me is Venom. Okay. Yeah, I still haven't watched. Yeah, I really don't like this movie a lot. <laughs> Weird, because doesn't Dan Merle like this movie? So he, Dan Dan Merle does like it, but like with the caveats of that, I think that he admits that it's not a good movie. But you know, it's like how you like Skyscraper, and he's basically like, if you enjoy the bold acting choices that Tom Hardy made in the movie, then you're going to love the movie. Uh, but if you don't enjoy those bold acting choices, he basically does them nonstop throughout the movie and you're going to hate it. And I did not like the acting choices. Uh, plus there's a, a lot of other stuff that was, that just didn't work for me. Like I thought it was a little too whimsical. I thought Venom should be more of a scary character and I don't know, just, I hated it. It just didn't do it for me. Uh, number three, Glenn. Bird Box. Bird Box. That move. That movie that's getting all the the meme attention on the interwebs, yeah, right? What the hell is up with this Bird Box movie, Glenn? Tell me why it's so terrible. It's the happening. Some people are like, "Oh, I, I like the quiet better." So, like, so we were talking about. Uh, so we'll kind of go into it a little bit. So people are comparing it to Quiet Place, but it, it is literally the happen. It is mm-hmm. the same, like beat for beat, just about. Yeah, the Quiet uh, Place. So there's there's an invisible force in this movie, then, because in the Quiet Place there is not an invisible force. 
there is an actual no. force, and you just can't make noise around it. Yeah, you just can't, the thing is, like the gimmick is in this, you can't see the gimmick that you can't talk. So I guess that's what they're comparing it to. Uh huh. Whereas, like I think the Quiet Place, I can't remember. I know, I know you were in love with it, but it was. I kind of said like I liked it as I watched it, but it was one of those like as soon as we got out of the theater, we just ripped it to shreds. Yeah. Like this movie is not to me engaging enough to do that. Just as I watch it, I'm like. Well, that's just dumb. Why mm. wouldn't you just? And it just, it, to me, it ignores its own rules when it's convenient, and it was just really annoying. Uh, number three for just me. Like you're right. Uh, number three for me is Mary Magdalene. I thought I was going to actually really enjoy this movie because the cast is ridiculously oh, talented. Oh, the Jesus movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix and I think Rooney Mara, and okay. um, they were telling it from this from the perspective of Mary Magdalene, it wasn't strictly a, a Jesus story. So I was, uh, I'm, I'm always fascinated by these movies and I'm always curious to see what people do with them. And this just turned out to be a slog. It was. What do you think of walking Phoenix as Jesus? Subdued. Uh, okay. I did. I almost feel like anybody could have done it. Um, it did not tap Joaquin Phoenix's potential. Uh, I don't think it was just long and boring and just, and it made skyscraper seem like the most exciting film I had seen in 2018. It it was so boring. It was so boring. Um, but it really only lands in the spot due to how incredibly boring it is. Uh, my next two movies weren't nearly as boring, but were just merely awful. Uh, uh, I can't wait to hear what your number one is. Yeah, so... I know I know what your two are. Um, well, you know two, what my number one and number two are, you're just not sure which order I they land in. I don't know what order, in. yeah. yeah. Uh, my number two is Mute. Oh, wow, so you hated it way more than I hated it then. For me, it landed on number seven, I think, on the list. I think it's just because there's, like, there's potential there, and it's just—I felt like it was so wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so for me, my number two, uh, this was my great debate I was having <laughs> because one of these movies is rated higher than the other, and usually my list should go, I believe, from ten to one, and the number one movie should be the highest rated, and in the case of the the bottom 10, the number one should be the lowest rated, but I had a quandary, because one of these movies, I just didn't even finish. And the question was, what movie is worse? Is it the worst movie that I saw from beginning to end? Or is it the movie that I didn't even finish? And here's what I ultimately decided on. Uh, My number two movie is Robin Hood, which I gave a one which is the lowest score I gave a movie this year because I did not even finish it. But that being said, uh, I am going to allow for the possibility that had I finished Robin Hood, it could have been better than the first half. Uh, maybe it's Robin Hood, huh? Maybe it could have finished stronger than it began. So granting that possibility and not knowing for sure, I gave my number one spot, of course, and I believe yours as well, Glenn. Oh, yeah, yeah. To Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which I gave one and a half to. 
What a shit show. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, we knew it also when we saw boring. it. Also boring. Also boring. Yeah. Well, I, not one. I don't think there's a single thrilling moment because of the history of the franchise. Like I, I just, I was not. Yeah. I wasn't worried at all. I mean, it had a couple of moments that were cool to look at, but yeah, there was cool looking stuff. But there was nothing that uh, like, got me hooked from start to finish. Easily the worst movie I've seen this year. Yeah, it's it's not even close. Um. Okay, so let's do the... We might have more to say about our top ten. Yeah. The top ten. The movies we actually love. Uh, it's going to be fun because we might have some... T- like, kind of on this list, not so much, like, more towards the top, but I feel like our top ten, we're going to say some movies like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, my lowest rated top ten movie is four and a half. So okay. everything is four and a half or above. And... Uh, you know, I spent the whole year wondering if any movie was going to beat my number one. That is to say, to to tie the score or for me to think it was better in some way. Nothing ultimately did, but a lot of stuff came close. Uh, so, uh, Glenn, what was your number ten top ten movie? Annihilation. Ah, okay. Uh, we saw that one quite a ways back, right? Mm-hmm. That's not a that's not a Netflix movie, if my memory is correct. Um, I mean, not in the United States. No, that was a really good movie. It was good, but it was it was uh, that was the one I kind of said like that's the movie things had to beat. And the problem was, I watched a lot of good movies throughout the year, and it just it just even as I was making this list, it just kind of mm-hmm. list. Um. So for me, uh, this was actually tough because basically my whole first half of this list, these are all movies that are, uh, that have the same exact score of four and a half. Um, so it was a matter of deciding which one I liked slightly more than the other. So this was actually the hardest part of the list. My top four were actually really easy to place. Uh, but the the bottom half of the list, everything was the same score, so it, it took a while to to shuffle them in the order that I liked. But uh, number ten for me was First Man, uh, that I gave uh, four and a half to. Uh, I feel like I just talked about this movie not that long ago, so I don't want to regurgitate too much uh, about it. But if uh, you like biopics, if you love the space race, if you love anything outer space. Uh, if you just love well-made films, this is something you should watch. It's excellent. And presumably, uh, now that it is out of theaters, watch it on the largest TV you can, because it's uh, beautiful visuals in it. Yeah. Um, you're number nine, Glenn. It was First Man. Ah, okay. So here yeah. we are. Uh, anything you'd like to add to that? No. I mean, sounds good. Performances are really good. It's just nothing super showy. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a solid well-executed, well-done movie. Yeah. My number nine tells me that I liked a lot of stuff this year. Because uh, yeah. my number nine is uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, which I <laughs> gushed about when I watched it. Uh, I just think it's a brilliant movie. And uh, one of my favorite animated movies of the year, probably it's a spoiler for later on in the list, but um, oh, it's tremendous. I, I love it a lot. Uh what is your number eight? Can't wait for you to talk about Smallfoot then. 
Uh, <laughs> I did not have Ralph Breaks the Internet on my list. Ah, okay. Uh, my next one is uh, The Favorite. Ah, okay. I would say tell me a bit about it, but then I'd say, Glenn, my number eight is also The Favorite. Okay, I'm kind of surprised that you liked it. I mean, not super surprised, but, you know, mm-hmm. the you know, same guy who made The Lobster, he's got a very specific tone, so that's why. Yes, I... Well, you, all for it or not. What prompt, Well, what prompted this was um, Jen and I just have been watching a lot of shit on Hulu lately, and they've been showing a bunch of ads for this on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? The, the trailers, it looked really entertaining in the trailers. Uh, the movie is not exactly what the trailers are presenting to you. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, there is a bunch of really quick-witted humor, a really dry humor. Uh, but it's a really good movie. Uh, in fact... It's uh, also sad. Well, it's also very sad. Yeah, this does not end with anybody being particularly happy about nope. their circumstances. The movie's about power. Yeah, even even Emma Stone, who thinks she's gotten what she wants, at the very end, realizes that she doesn't quite have it all. Uh, Queen didn't get what she wanted. No. Rachel Vice settled for... Exile. No one got what they want. Yeah, but I... <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if his other movies are like this in this way. Because I heard The Lobster was really weird. Yeah, I, well, it's weird because the premise, but like mm-hmm. the, I would say the uh, the story, the performances ah. are really similar. Okay, it's just in a more modern setting. Yes, um, and Killing the Sacred Deer is a little strange. Well, yeah, I, uh, I mean, maybe his other stuff doesn't quite work. Maybe this is the jumping on point for me, but I really enjoyed this more than I thought. Uh, I know this has got some Oscar-y buzz around it, at least in terms of the performances and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I I just thought uh, I just thought this was really good. And I can't wait to see Olivia Coleman be the queen again. Is she? She's the queen in the crown. Oh fuck, that's right. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I'd forgotten about that. I'm well, sure it's going to be a very different queen. It'll be but... a very different. It's yeah, she's not Queen <laughs> Anne, uh, but she. I mean, she was excellent. Uh, in this movie as Queen Anne, though. Holy cow. Uh, they were all, I mean, the three leads, I mean, Nicholas oh, Holmes, yeah. but the three leads were, they were outstanding. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun seeing Nicholas Holt get beat up by Emma Stone frequently in this movie. No, uh, no, he beat her up. It was the other guy. The uh, Oh, was it the other guy? Yeah, it was like his colonel person that she married. That was the guy she always beat oh, up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, I got them switched Nicholas around. Holt was the one who like pushed her down a into ditch. a ditch, yes. <laughs> or whatever, uh, what's it? His had like, my favorite line was, uh, whenever someone with they think Rachel Weiss is dead, and he's like, oh, good. And she's like, don't, don't say that. He's like, fine, I just hope she's dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she's probably dead. Um, he was, he was so sassy, though. Oh, my God. And they all kind of were. It was, uh, Oh, I mean, that whole scene, whenever you find out. I mean, I think you can get it in trailers, but when the yes. queen and uh, lady, whatever, mm-hmm. duchess of something, yeah, are lovers, and she's just like up there, she keeps stealing books. <laughs> yes. Uh, what do I do? Uh, okay, so what's your number seven? Uh, the Old Man and the Gun. 
Oh, Old Man and the Gun did not make my top ten. Yeah, I mean, I know, because Casey Affleck bothered the crap. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, not only did he feel like he's he was in a different movie than everybody else, this, like, brooding kind of police officer, but... I mean, I had to ask you, like, does he talk like this in every movie? Because it's incredibly distracting to me. Uh, I There were times where I didn't even know what he said. And I was listening to this with, ed- like, headphones on. Maybe I needed to turn on subtitles or something, but... I mean, I usually watch movies with subtitles, so yeah. Holy cow, yeah, he just... His voice is so soft and raspy, and then he mumbles on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's the worst. I, I just, I loved Robert Redford and Sissy Spacek. Like, I wish we yes. could just get rom-coms for, until they both die. Like, yes. Um, they, they were, were just, I mean, that was Robert yeah. Redford's last film as well. Yeah. Oh, and then freaking Tom Waits' story about Christmas, and he's mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Tom Waits you know, was excellent in this as well. He came down and <laughs> he was in his underwear and he had his gun and well, anyways, that's not that's why I don't like Christmas. It's miss. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, what? That felt like I was watching that, and that just felt like, "Hey, Tom, we want you to ad lib a story about why you hate Christmas, and we'll just film it." And they just sat there and listened to him ad lib. It's exactly what that felt like watching it. I, I like that movie too, but it didn't make my my top ten. Yeah. Um, my number seven is Annihilation. Uh, okay. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, we talked; to, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, yeah, uh, an excellent sci-fi film. Uh, I think maybe the only straight-up sci-fi movie uh, I have on the list this year, which is amazing, knowing me. Really? I mean, are you trying to tell me that Marvel? Yeah, I don't think of those as science fiction, honestly. I mean, uh. I don't know. To me, my sci-fi has to be some sort of, like, science related or space-related thing, but... I mean, yeah. I guess you could lump them in there. If you want to do, if you wanna do that, I do have... Space. Yeah, I was going to say, if you want to do that, I do have Marvel movies on my list, so, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, really, really liked Annihilation. Uh, you're number six, Glenn. A Futile and Stupid Gesture. Ah, that was quite good. I know. Actually, I really enjoyed it. I actually don't remember what... I think we gave it fives, didn't we? I think we both did, yeah. Yeah, which uh, is actually not on my list of movies I watched this year, so maybe because it was part of the uh, the Netflix thing, and I... No, we watched it a long time ago. And Yes, we did. Otherwise, that probably would have made it onto my list a little bit, uh, or somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, that was quite excellent. A very good movie that I had forgotten I had even watched. So... It, it, it'll earn an honorable spot in my top ten. Uh, my number six is Black Panther. Uh, I know some people would probably put this higher on the list, but uh, for me, there are at least... Or not at all. Some people might not put it on there at all, like Glenn, I'm guessing. Uh, for me, there were at least two other Marvel movies that came out this year that were far superior to it. Uh, but it, I still think it was really good. Uh I don't know if it's uh, worthy of uh, best movie of the year type praise, but that is just one person's opinion. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm looking forward to the sequel, which I'm positive will be made. Uh, Glenn, you're number five. Okay. So, 
whenever we finish my list, I'll tell you what my other like kind of deciding factor movie was. Mm-hmm. And things just kind of kept popping up ahead of it. Yeah. Uh, but this one was really my my real tool as far as how I was going to shape out my top four. Mm-hmm. And that is Christopher Robin. Ah, I didn't even, it didn't even get to make it onto my list. Ugh. And the only reason why was because how much you and I gushed about it. Like, mm-hmm. I still get, I just remember watching theaters and I was just so happy the whole time that really to me, it just became like, you know what? It might not be the best one, but just a movie going experience. Like to me, that's kind of where I'll factor a lot of these in. I don't really remember what half my scores were for any of these. Sure. But it was just that feeling I had while watching that movie. I was just like, you know what? This is, this is a throwback. I enjoy it. It was cute. Mm-hmm. So that was this is kind of what I used as my tool of how to shape out the list. Yeah, kind of ironically and h- hilariously, my number five is like the next of kin to Christopher Robin. It's Paddington Two. Uh, yeah, and we talked about, of course, my desire to see this Avengers uh, team of like sweet cuddly teddy bears team up. Uh, hopefully, someday it will occur. But uh, I will continue. And they all fight Lotso. <laughs> oh my god, they could it's fight lots of bears versus the evil bear. Yes. Um so I wasn't exactly sure how well this was going to stick because Paddington 2 premiered uh, technically it premiered in the UK before 2018, but I I only care about America Glenn, so uh wow. when it premieres here on, on record. Yeah, hopefully Ben doesn't hear that, but uh <laughs> uh when it premiered here is when I'm counting it for the list. So uh, and obviously it happened really early in the year, and I'm like, ah, oh, there's kind of no way that this is going to hold on. But to my surprise, it still stayed in the top five. It's really good, and if you have children, I suggest you force them to watch this. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much forcing you'll have to do. It's about a silly, adorable bear uh, who is really sweet, and it sends uh, really excellent messages. And it just so happens to also be uh, full of really talented actors and uh incredibly well-performed uh, couple of movies, but uh, the second one I thought I was... Know, I know, I need to watch first. the first. I need to watch. Yeah. I mean, you need to see Hugh Grant in the role he was basically born to play. Uh, okay. Because that it, it happened in this second Paddington movie. Uh, your number four, Glenn. Mission Impossible Fallout. Ah, I've not seen this yet. I'm, I'm still on... I, I've, I watched the first two Mission Impossible movies... And I haven't started on the third one yet, basically because I was trying to catch up. But uh, tell me about this one. I mean, it's good. It's kind of the only direct sequel because it's mm-hmm. pretty much everything that happens in five affects this one. Yes. Like, you have to have seen five to see this one. It's really the only one where you have to have seen the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, it's just, you know, as far as action there's just yeah there may be ones that might be more spectac you know spectacular and beautiful and epic and cgi you know like some like aquaman avengers black panther to a very lesser extent because we about how bad the cgi was at certain points mm-hmm. but it's just something about seeing tom cruise like jump out of a uh, jump out of an airplane and crazy tom cruise. jump and <laughs> yes and learning how to fly a helicopter and getting shot at by Superman. Uh, you know, there's just a, 
you know, falling off of a rope while also hanging from a helicopter, like jumping on rooftop. There's just the, the, the real element of like actually seeing real stunts being done. Mm-hmm. You know, like what we talk about with Mad Max, it's just something like that is. Yeah. I, I understand why we use CGI. I get it, but it is kind of sad that something like this is becoming propped up. Yeah. Because of it being real live action. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched Lawrence of Arabia and just being able to see like all these horses and all these men, there's just something so much more gratifying of seeing real life stuff versus something that was made on a computer. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just kind of like what this movie is just awesome action set pieces. I mean, a good story, good movie, good spy thriller, but just, mm-hmm. if it doesn't win the best popular movie i mean i get why black panther would but i mean this movie was just great i really just wouldn't understand it as far as an academy thing why they wouldn't honor it because it just to me this feels like an award that would actually go to a movie like this it's a big genre you yeah know. um my number four is one i actually feel kind of guilty about putting it number four i feel like it should be higher on the list but two of my three top three movies, I have uh, much stronger emotional ties to, and thus helped in their placement. Uh, But any other year, this would have been much higher than number four, I think. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Which I gave, I think, four and three quarters to. Uh, I mean, this is the best animated movie of the year, but I would not begrudge anybody from arguing that it's the best movie of the year, period. It really is tremendous, and that's even forgiving the art style of the movie, which is ridiculously good. Um, even if you forget about that and don't think about that into your It has assessment. no reason to be as good as it is. Yeah, it's just an... And it's, it's, an, it's my number three, so... Okay, so um, it's an... For ex- me, it's the best superhero this year, so that tells you anything about my top Yes. No Avengers in your top three, huh? Didn't even make your list? Did not. Wow, that's surprising. Uh, well, it was it was the movie I used as the first barometer into the top ten. Yeah. And just as I went along, it I think I started it at five, and then mm-hmm. I just, it kept... I think I, I think it actually finished at 11. So that was kind of the... <laughs> yeah. It was right there. No. Um... Yeah, so this was uh, incredible. The story was uh, amazing. It had all of the things you would want between action and some drama and some sadness, some romance, a lot of humor. Uh, Gorgeous art style, of course. Uh, It's probably the best Spider-Man movie. I mean, I love that Homecoming movie, but I think this is better than Homecoming. Best. Uh, And... It's just really good. Uh, ridiculous. And I didn't even get to see the end because I didn't realize there was an end credits thing, so I didn't even get to see that. And I was really upset oh, when yeah, I found I out there was... A, it was really upset when I found out they did an end credits theme that, like, uh, that did the, you know, whatever it was, the 60s Spider-Man TV show meme or whatever it is on the internet. Uh, and, like, Oscar Isaac was one of the Spider-Men or something in it, but... Uh, Ah, uh, this was just tremendous. Just uh, like Chris Pine was the other Peter Parker. Yeah, Chris Pine was the supposed to be this timeline Peter Parker, and he dies. 
they did the jokes like his Spider-Man is somehow all of the Spider-Men from the other movies. Like uh, <laughs> he did all of the, including the Spider-Man emo dance and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I thought it was fantastic. So that was your number three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add about it? No, it was just, it was good. I mean, it was, it was pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I was stunned, got, still to this day, I'm stunned that it got, uh, what was it, Golden Globe nominations, uh, because honestly, I thought I was the only one who really liked it. Uh, it's a bird box of movie release. <laughs> maybe a handful of other people who really liked it, uh, but it turns out, apparently, a lot of people liked it, and they liked it for a lot of the reasons I did, which was... Uh, the uh, mostly because of Rami Malek's performance, allowing you to sort of just sink in and enjoy the 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 process. Eventually, you forget about the fact that it's a movie full of wigs and fake teeth, uh, and uh, you know that it doesn't really touch onto the more interesting elements of Queen's history. Uh, all things that should be you know not unforgivable, but things that should knock it down a peg or two, but. His performance is so good that I kind of just didn't care. And, uh, again, there's emotional attachment to it. So it was, it was difficult for me to, to place it any lower. Uh, but then again, my, my common sense allowed me to not place it any higher, uh, either, but, uh, I loved it quite a bit. Uh, you're number two, Glenn. Black Klansman. Ah, my number two was Black Klansman as well. Uh, so any thoughts on it? Uh, cause we did review it, but it was a little while ago. Yeah. It's just, it's just a damn good movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's pretty great throughout. And then the ending, which, Oh yeah. That's, that's we just, talked about that Spike Lee changed, I guess at the last minute. Yeah. Uh, I know there's some people who didn't like it, but for me, it, com- it totally completed the movie and made it a complete package experience for me. Uh, I, because I think it turns it into this movie where you're sort of in this sort of, uh, I guess this kind of almost whimsical world of the, uh, whatever it is, the seventies or something like that, or this, is that when it takes place yeah. in the seventies? Um, yeah, I think it's like it's like late seventies, maybe early eighties. I mean, don't take it literally. It's not a whimsical movie, but it has an almost whimsical quality to it, especially in how the story there wraps up. Uh. It's because it's like, uh, oh, remember when times are like this? Yeah. And then it, you know, and again... You and know, then the it whole thing sharply is, takes you into the real world. Yeah, the, the maturation of what racism has become. Mm-hmm. And then it just shows you, like, and this is what it is now. See? It's not that much different. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. And it's, uh, yeah, easily, easily one of the best movies this year. So... Uh, I'm not going to surprise anybody with my number one, so I want to know what yours is, Glenn. Presuming you have one, of course. I'm sorry, you, like, completely cut out. Oh, did I? My bad. Uh, so yeah, my number one is obvious, I think, uh, at least to you. Uh, so I want to hear what yours is. Oh, it's Mandy. Ah, so you went with the unconventional number one. Because I don't know how many people are going to pick Mandy for their number one movie this year. I don't I mean, only one movie had Nick Cage and Chainsaws and 
satanic black <laughs> death metal with it. So, how is um out of curiosity killing a killing a Christian cult? <laughs> so I know this. I know this heavily. I know this heavily appealed to you. What? How is it doing otherwise? Like in the reception area? Because I, I never actually bothered to look. Is it still? Is it doing well? Like money wise? No, I meant from like a, a reception of the reviews or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's a. Uh, I mean, uh, it like blew the doors off at Cannes, and uh, uh, I haven't seen anything about the Independent Spirit Awards. That mm-hmm. was kind of where I was going to see where. It was going to be a showcase, maybe, but I haven't seen like the nominees for it yet. Yeah, and, and kind of see where. But it, it didn't. It didn't break through, uh, and I didn't expect it to. I mean, I kind of was just because of how like great the reviews were from people you wouldn't expect to just be like. I mean, and, you know, and it has that crazy good rating. On mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes, I can't remember what it is, but yeah, I think it's like something like a ninety-four. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people didn't like it a lot. Uh, you know, I, I think I told it to you. It's kind of like a polarizing thing. I think you're either in or you're out. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to give it a shot yet. I've got it ninety-two percent, and then you have an audience score of a sixty-seven. The average rating is a seven point seven out of. So I mean, it's got a. It's not bad. Critic critics loved it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, Stephanie. But uh, my number one is uh, not Tomb Raider or the uh, <laughs> Cloverfield Paradox. Surprise! Uh, but it's close. It's uh, that's uh, the Avengers, of course, Infinity War. Uh, this is the other movie that kind of had that emotional pull for me. Uh, unlike Glenn, I think I'm a little more emotionally invested in these Marvel movies. Uh, this, I mean, part of it is, part of it is that I think it's a really good story and a really good movie, especially for the universe that it's created. But really, the reason that I think I like it the most is that I'm, uh, I mean, I was at the time, but I think I still am a little bit in awe of how well they were able to make this thing even work. Because it could have very easily been a complete messy jumble that everybody hated and made no sense. And we know this because we've seen these types of movies with with less going on in them, in the hands of lesser uh, creative minds that have completely... Uh, the Transformers movies, for example, that completely just get jumbled together and they don't have the history or the lore or uh, all of the positive feedback that has come from any all of these previous Marvel movies. They kind of had a lot riding on them to make this thing work, uh, which is why I'm actually kind of thinking that the second part of this isn't going to be... I ha- I have this feeling that it is going to fall flat. Because oh, like they shot their wand. Yeah, like I'm not sure where they can go from there. I don't think the ending's going to be as satisfying. People would want it. You know, like this one, like you know, it's not so much a cliffhanger, but mm-hmm. ending on that kind of note is usually totally different than any of their other movies. Yes, so that's why it stands out more. Well, I but mean, everybody thinks gonna... everybody thinks Empire is great, and Return of the Jedi kind of falls flat a little bit. 
Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Is because it's the the climax of you know your your falling action that's yeah. exciting. Then mm-hmm. you know we talk about with TV shows all the time. It, you know, you have the you know again these movies. You think of it as like a long running TV show. Like how are you going to land that plane? It's, yeah, you know, it's going to beat. Yeah, I um I for one, Glenn, I feel pretty happy about my list. Uh, I'm sure some people will be like, ah, another Marvel movie at number one. I apologize, but I am proud that I I really mixed it up this year. I watched way more movies than I did last year, and I watched a lot of stuff that I normally wouldn't given I wouldn't have given a look to. Some of that is because we forced ourselves to do it because we did from parts unknown. And we were just picking uh, random Netflix movies, uh, random-ish. Um, but I watched a lot of stuff that I normally wouldn't given uh, have given time to. Uh, Bad Times at the El Royale, like that's something that just barely missed uh, on my list, and I think that's really good. Uh, the Favorite is not something I would have watched. The Old Man and the Gun, most of these are things that I pr- would have... Like those are the movies. Like I know they're good, but I'm not all that interested in them. Uh, but I decided to give a lot of these types of movies a shot this year, and I liked way more of them than I thought I would have. Um, some of them I liked a, a ton. So I don't know. I'm fairly, I'm relatively proud uh, of my list. Right, Who maybe, knows, Glenn? Maybe you're growing. Maybe you're you're just maybe maybe, maybe that is, and you know, and not in a bad way, but I was not like in a <laughs> in a talking down to you way I that understand was more what you mean. first part but no what I was going to say is I think some of that might be like in a way a Marvel effect yeah well you know, I mean the, I've the, the movie you know because the movies have big spectacle yes but generally they have very relatable theme yes the, uh, generally there's their plot device I mean not plot devices but their characters are right. usually pretty relatable so it doesn't matter what setting you put them in yes I but, feel like for me what's really changing is because this isn't really a change i think i might just be going through another change in my movie viewing habits because i liked plenty of not superhero comic book movies uh in in years past most of my favorite movies of all time are not superhero comic book movies or even action movies a lot of them are uh dramas and things of um things of that nature so uh but i think in like the last few years um, for whatever the reason, uh, maybe, uh, I shouldn't even say the last few years. I'd say maybe like the last seven or so years since we started the website, uh, I've been way more into escapism and, uh, you know, that has, I mean, I've always loved sci-fi. So that, uh, that never really left, but I think the amount of escapism I wanted grew, uh, because I got way more into video games I started watching way more fantasy or um, comic book style or science fiction stuff than normal and leaving a lot of the other stuff uh, not to watch. You know, not thinking that they would be good or bad or anything like that. They just didn't interest me because they didn't offer much of an escape. So um, I feel like maybe I'm this year started like a bit of a turn back towards some of those um, other movies, or at least I'm letting some of those other movies uh, back in, it's not all entirely about escapism for me, so uh, maybe that's what it is. Uh, but 
I don't know, Glenn. Next year, there's a new Toy Story movie. Well, I shouldn't say next year. We're in the new year. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a Toy Story movie. Uh, I mean, there's going to be... I don't know how other people are going to feel about it, but I'm relatively certain I'm going to enjoy the new Star Wars movie. There is that Avengers movie. Uh, I mean, who knows, Glenn? Uh, the, the Joker movie is coming out. Supposedly that Terminator 6 movie. I don't, I don't, I have a feeling that might not be that good, but we'll wait and see on that one. But it might be on Netflix. Detective Pikachu. Come on, Glenn. There's so many movies that could be at number one next year. The third John Wick film. That's right, yeah. But I've got a lot of non, I've got a lot of non those movies on my list for next year. I kind of uh, want to see that Rebel Wilson movie. That looks kind of funny. Which one? Do you know what the it's called? The one where she's like, she's, I can't remember what it's called, but she's stuck in a PG-13 rom-com. It's kind of like oh, Groundhog Day. no, I don't. It, look, uh, it actually looks pretty. I've got a lot of stuff on my list, though. i got, like, Greyhound, uh, Under the Silver Lake, although I think Under the Silver Lake is getting a release this year, but I think it was released on the, uh, the, um, God, what's it called? The circuit, you know, the indie film circuit, the no, like film festivals, uh, the festival circuit. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, but that's on my list. Ad Astra, Brightburn. There's a few things. Rocket Man, um, that are not, uh, specifically, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, specifically not like, uh, Irishman, that damn Martin Scorsese movie he's been working on. Seems like a decade. Yeah. There's uh, midways on my list, but you know, I've got the other stuff too. Uh, I've got the Godzilla King of the Monsters on my list. I've got all the Disney live-action remakes. Because apparently next year we're getting Aladdin and Lion King, I believe. And Dumbo. And Dumbo. Uh, so, yeah, Shazam. Yeah, uh, the problem with like, the, the smaller the stuff you don't usually hear about until... Later, yeah. Then, my, like, maybe, my maybe, list grew. Maybe around, like, uh, when's the... the... The Berlin Film Festival is usually at the end of February. That's kind of like the Somewhere beginning. And then Cannes is kind of where, when you start getting trailers for some of the stuff, like mm-hmm. not so much awardy things, but, you know, yeah. I think the, for me the last couple of years, it, to me it's either been like the really big, big budget, you know, spectacle stuff. Yep. Oh, and then I've, I've always just, I've been countering that with like independent, smaller films mm-hmm. where you kind of find a, you know the guy who made the favorite. You kind of find a director, or someone that you like. You're like, oh, okay, I'll watch that guy's next. Yep, yeah. Because um, you know, not all of them have been the Colin Trevorrow where they make that safety not guaranteed, and they make Jurassic World. Then they make Jurassic World. He should have just stuck to safety not guaranteed. That was <laughs> no, a better movie. I would say. Well, you say that, and then he made that one small movie. Oh the, yeah, the one about the killer book, the the diary of the it's like Henry's book or something. Hen- oh, the book of Henry. Yeah. Whew. Maybe he should have just stuck with he should have he should have just stuck with the safety not guaranteed movie. Just called it a quit uh, after that one. Uh, quit while you're on top. Stop when you're peaking. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Oh, we got, oh yeah. Tarantino. Yeah. We got his last movie, huh? Yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yep. That's next year. Um, unless he makes that Star Trek movie or produces it or something, maybe. Uh, I mean, I I I mean, I would just want to see it just whatever what the hell is this yeah same here uh i agree hopefully it'll be something like buster scruggs uh (laughs) just (laughs) what is this um okay uh so that's the show uh you can head on over to cinemageekly.com check out the archives of the show and of course you can find us on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher and tune in just search for cinema geekly and hit subscribe and that way you can hear us when glenn and i return 
for another Cinema Geekly podcast. Cinema Geekly.